Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Italian American Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping Italian Americans learn about their heritage. We do that by diving into all things Italian American, including food, family, travel, language, art, and more. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and this is a very special holiday episode during which I will be speaking to the three winners of our Italian American recipe contest that we recently held. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to bring you with me to one of my family gatherings where I cooked these recipes and I had a little help, and you'll hear the reaction. Now, before we jump into this episode, I want to first thank Botticelli Foods and Cooking with Nona. We teamed up with both of them to do this Italian-American recipe contest, and while it was a lot of work, I'm really glad that we did it, and you'll see why throughout this episode. We at the Italian-American Experience, along with Botticelli Foods and Cooking with Nona, really spread the word about the recipe contest through social media, through email, through word of mouth. Then we collected all of the recipe submissions, which we had close to 50 submissions. We then gave them all to the wonderful Rosella Rago from Cooking with Nona, who has been on the show several times and has done amazing things for the community and has a wonderful book, cookbook, Cooking with Nona. Her and her Nona Romana picked our winners, and they picked recipes which were very steeped in Italian-American traditions, which was beautiful. I'm really glad that they took the time to do that. Then, because our winners were spread out across the country, we couldn't get them together, and we certainly didn't expect them to cook the recipe and ship it to us. So what I did was I interviewed each one of them, And then I cook the recipes for my family's annual gingerbread house gathering. We all get together in December and we make gingerbread houses, Um, my parents, my brothers, their kids. And so I cook the recipes and you're going to hear the reaction and the response to them. And I will also say that my mother helped me and she made the dessert because I am not a baker and she is. And again, I really want to say thank you to Botticelli Foods because they funded all of the food for the cooking. They sent me bottles of their beautiful olive oils and several large cans of their crushed tomatoes, and they funded the other items that we needed to cook these recipes. So you're going to hear our three winners, but before we get to that, let me tell you a little bit about the dishes, the winning dishes. So firstly, we had Christine Simoki. She submitted her linguine and anchovy cream sauce recipe, and this is with mashed up anchovies. So they're kind of blended into the sauce and they're not overpowering. 
It was so good. Secondly, we had the main course submitted by Marianne Raftery, bacala, cooked with onion, garlic, peppers, and tomato sauce. It was my first time cooking bacala, and it certainly was an experience. It's a week-long experience. For those of you that know, you have to soak it. But I followed her recipe, and it was amazing. And I had it even for a few days after for lunch. And then lastly, for dessert, were the Casadele, or as Jennifer calls them, Casadil cookies submitted by Jennifer Perini Nevins. Um, I asked my mom again to bake these cookies because she bakes a lot and she has a similar type of recipe and they came out excellent, really light and just really tasty. So we will have photos of all of the dishes and the recipes at italianamericanexperience.com forward slash recipes 2017. Again, that's italianamericanexperience.com forward slash recipes 2017, lowercase recipes, no space, and I'll have photos there of everything as well. And I want to say one thing before we get into this episode. All of these winners, they are super passionate, not about the recipe itself or about the food, but about the families and the traditions that the food represent. That's what I got out of these three interviews that you're going to hear, and they're all really powerful. And that's what kept coming up for me as I was speaking to these women. It was, it's not about the food or the recipes. It's about the traditions. And all three of them have also had amazing contributions to their family histories and to, in my opinion, the Italian-American community, because Christine has written a book called Children of Italy, uh, Love, Secrets, and Betrayal. And we talk a little bit about the book. Um, and I didn't know about any of these things before I found out about them until we got into this with them. Secondly, Marianne, who gave us the bacala recipe, she has a website that her son helped put her together. They don't make any money on it. It just lists all of their family recipes there. So the family can have access to them, which is wonderful. And then Jennifer literally started talking to me about her cookbook and she the next day I had a copy of it she sent it to me and it's 430 some odd pages of all of her family recipes a beautifully bound with colorful photos recipe book again for her family there's family photos in it stories it's amazing it's amazing that they've gone to these lengths to preserve the family traditions and it's really wonderful and it made me so happy that we did this recipe contest because it's so much more than the actual food all right. So we have several sponsors for this episode that you're going to hear about throughout. And we are so grateful for our sponsors because they are allowing us to keep this show free. So please support them if you need their products or their services. The first sponsor that we'd like to highlight is one that we've had for a long time, the National Italian American Foundation. I'm John Viola, president of the National Italian American Foundation, proud supporters of the Italian American podcast. At NEF, we see ourselves as the leaders of the Italian-American community, and we work hard to protect our great heritage, to promote the Italian language, to build stronger ties between Italy and the United States, and to serve as your voice in our nation's capital. Most importantly, with over a million dollars a year in scholarships and grants, our work provides young Italian-Americans help in earning a solid education and becoming future leaders for our community. To find out more about how your support serves the community, visit us online at www.niaf.org and become a part of the NIAF family. All right. Now I'd like to give you, we always pick a quote for the episode. And for this episode, I believe that I have the absolute perfect quote. And it comes from Lydia Bastianich. And she said it right here on this podcast. And here's the quote, food and that table is the magnet that pulls everybody together. 
It's a perfect quote for this episode. Again, food and that table is the magnet that pulls everybody together. So first, we're going to speak with Christine about her linguine. But first, I want to welcome a new sponsor onto the Italian American podcast, ItalyLegalOnline.com. ItalyLegalOnline.com provides online legal advice for Italian Americans with legal matters in Italy, such as sale of home or land, estate, probate, pension, injury, immigration, and more. Some of the benefits of working with ItalyLegalOnline.com include their professionalism. They employ quality attorneys with expertise in all aspects of the Italian law. Privacy. They utilize a secure website with attorneys sworn to keep your privacy paramount. Convenience. Their attorneys are at your service. There's no need to spend time searching for a specialized law firm or attorney in Italy. And affordability. Traditional legal consultation can cost hundreds of dollars or more per hour. Italy Legal Online saves you time and money. You can receive expert legal advice in three easy steps. One, visit ItalyLegalOnline.com and set up your free account. Two, submit your legal question. And three, receive a response in 24 hours. You may submit your legal query in English or Italian and receive your answer in the language you prefer. Visit www.italylegalonline.com or call 212-279-9040. Again, that's www.italylegalonline.com or call 212-279-9040. All right. And now I want to welcome on to the Italian American podcast, Christine Simolke. Christine was one of our recipe winners. The first dish that we're going to talk about, which was linguine with anchovy sauce. Christine, welcome to the Italian American podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So Christine has been a listener for a while. She's an author herself. She has a book, Children of Italy. Which is it still in print, Christine, or did the? Well, my publisher has gone out of business, but there are a few copies left on Amazon. Okay, so there's a few and left on Amazon. If people want to contact me, I've got a few <laughs> copies at home. All right, so we'll uh, we'll make sure you could do that. And Christine's been a listener for a while. She's been a member of our new neighborhood, um, a place for Italian Americans. So we've gotten to know her a bit, and it was great that um, uh, we're all real happy that Cooking with Nona selected her recipe. And you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but really, Christine, to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about you know your background and growing up. Italian American. Okay, um, my my maternal grandparents are Italian, and they came from a small place, Norcia, Perugia area in Italy, in the 1920s. And we always grew up having big Sunday dinners and holiday dinners together. And my grandmother had two sisters and all of their children, and my mom uh, was an only child and. Every Christmas Eve, we would have the not so much the feast of the seven fishes because we didn't really have seven, but we had pretty close to seven. We had soup with fish in it, we had baked fish, and then we had sauce with anchovies in it. And it's always been a favorite of my children's too. So we have it all year long, not just on Christmas Eve. Hmm, that's great. Now, where and what part of the country did you grow up? I grew up in Ohio. 
Okay. And my uh-huh. family moved to West Virginia. I think my grandmother moved to West Virginia first, and then they settled in Ohio and stayed there. And then I I moved away from there as an adult, but that grew up in Ohio, northern Ohio, Akron area. Now, was there an, a, at the time, was there an Italian kind of population around there or? I would say not, not as much there as where my grandmother lived in Akron, but her sisters lived in Steubenville and Yorkville, and there was a much bigger Italian immigrant population there. There were a few in Akron, and for a while, my grandmother lived in Detroit, and there was a big Italian population there as well. Okay, great. And this, so this dish with the anchovies was something that goes back. Yes, yes. They always had it. Um, they grew up very poor, and um, they hardly ever ate meat. But they would have fish for Christmas Eve, and everyone in my family loves it. It's uh, it's really funny because my kids, of course, grew up American and. Their friends would come over and, and they would be like, don't tell him, you know, don't tell him there's anchovies in this. They'll like it if they don't know. <laughs> and, the, and the teenagers would always love it. They'd be like, this is great. And they had, you know, they would have no idea there was anchovies in it. Of course, after a time, we'd say, guess what's in it? Yeah. <laughs> um, huh. So it's one of our favorite things to eat. And now I'm a pescatarian, so I mostly only eat vegetables and fish here and there, but I can still have anchovy sauce, so. I, I would never be able to give that up. That's great. Yeah, I, that's the one thing I was always thinking about with this recipe when I saw it was, can I sell this to my kids? But maybe you just gave me the best way to sell it is not to tell them until they yeah. actually eat yeah, it. Don't tell them. <laughs> don't tell them because if you ate a anchovy straight, like my parents used to eat it on a sandwich, and I would be like, that's awful. I'm never eating that. If you just tell them, it's just it just looks like regular red sauce marinara, then they'll probably like it because it's really savory. That's great. So I want to talk a little bit too, before I let you go about your book, because it's an interesting story. It's a story about um, an Italian immigrant who kind of came here and was working right. And his family, his, his wife and children stayed in Italy. He ended up falling kind of in love with someone else here. How, what made you want to write this book or how'd you come up with the story? Well, I was an English teacher for a long time. And my grandma would tell me a little bit about her coming to America story. But my grandmother was pretty much a rose-colored glasses person, and she would never say anything bad about anybody, especially in the family. You know, oh, my God, she would never do that. So she, so I was always like, I'd love to write that story, but I like novels, and I'd, I'd like to write a novel about it. But there's no conflict there. And then after she died, I talked more to my aunt, who was her younger sister, who's a really more um, of a tell-it-like-it-is person. And, and she started to tell me about her grandfather and how he was unfaithful, and she didn't really learn that until she was an adult. And um, I thought, well, there's a story there because everybody can kind of relate to unfaithfulness in one form or another. You know, maybe you had a boyfriend that cheated on you, maybe not a spouse, but or a friend who was disloyal to you. And I also thought, I read a lot of Italian history, and I read that that was sort of a thing that was swept under the rug, that, you know, men were here for long periods of time without their um, wives or girlfriends in the prime of their life. And it was really difficult for them to stay faithful. And so I thought that would be a story that a lot of people would resonate. Yeah. Well, I mean, because that's, and that's why I asked you about it. Cause it seems like something that would be 
could be a recurring thing for a lot of men that were here for a long period of time working without their family, because like you said, they're in, they're in the prime of their life. And, and so it, it just seems to me like it's probably something, a dilemma that pretty much every person in that situation had to face or think about at one time. So it was interesting to see that, that you wrote about it and, you know, that you kind of heard, heard about it through just talking with people. And, and again, that's one of the things we talk about on the podcast all the time, which is, you uncover some really interesting things when you just talk to family members and just ask questions, right? Sometimes they don't. Uh, that generation, my grandmother's generation, they didn't really like to talk ab- about bad things, or she didn't especially, I should say. And so growing up, I didn't really know any of that, and I knew my normal, my grandfather. He was always nice to me. He was always friendly. Um, he didn't speak a lot of English, but you know, I would sit and eat spaghetti with him. He would we would hang out on the porch and he would feed squirrels and out of his hand. And so I thought he was really magical. And, um, so, you know, it was kind of sad to learn that the, the, some of his flaws, but, but I also thought it was interesting that he wanted to keep his family together, even though he had had these issues, he still, it was his dream to bring his family here and he still wanted to do it. And, and he worked here for 12 years without them. So, Hmm. I always appreciated, you know, that about him, that he was that brave to, to do that. Right, right. Well, Christine, thank you so much for being a part of the Italian American Recipe Contest. Thank you for sharing your family recipe with us. I'm going to be cooking it and sharing it with my family, and I'm definitely going to let you know how it goes. Oh, yeah, please let me know. And I don't know if I, I, I think I put in the recipe, but you have you need like a mortar and pestle and you have to and I smash up the anchovies with the garlic and some olive oil. And you have to use a lot of olive oil in the sauce just to make it kind of stick to the noodles. That really that really helps. You could kind of test it out. And if it's not sticking to the noodles well, just throw some more olive oil in there. You can never never have too much of that. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I and, have thank, a... and thank you. Thank you so much for choosing choosing my recipe. And I love the podcast. Keep, keep it going. It's really, really fun to listen to. Next, we're going to talk to Marianne about her bacala, but more importantly, about her father. But first, I'd like to recognize another sponsor for this episode, Mediaset Italia, which is now on DirecTV from AT&T. Enjoy all of your favorite Italian programs from channels Canale 5, Italia 1, and Rete 4 on Mediaset Italia. Bring your love of Italy home. All the latest Italian entertainment, including drama, news, variety, and films. Shows like Caduta Libera, Matino Cinque, and Squadra Antimafia. Feel like you're home again with Mediaset Italia on DirecTV from AT&T. Call 877-778-4794 to get Mediaset Italia. Again, that's 877-778-4794. This requires activation of qualifying base package, hardware available separately, programming subject to change, other conditions apply, call for details. And again, this is a great way to learn Italian, practice Italian, maintain your Italian. I use Italian TV shows and movies all the time. All right, now for our second recipe of our three winners, I want to welcome Marianne Dorico Raftery onto the Italian American podcast. Marianne, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Nice to see you. So, Marianne, 
submitted the one dish that I've heard about so many times but have never actually cooked, which is the bacala. Certainly probably one that's not easy to cook. I mean, at least I know that there's prep work in it and you have to to clean it and soak it uh, to get the salt off. But we're not going to dive so much into the actual recipe. We're going to post the recipe for you, as I said earlier. Um, and I'm actually going to attempt to cook this as well. But what I want to talk to Marianne a little bit about is her growing up and about the recipe and about some of the memories. So Marianne, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about growing up Italian, where you grew up? And I grew up in Woodside, Queens with my Italian grandma living with me. And my dad would cook the fish. That was his thing. And he would cook Saturday morning breakfast, but we would have a Sunday dinner, two o'clock on, you know, that was, sure. and if you weren't there, big trouble. <laughs> big trouble. And Wednesday, Wednesday and Fridays, we didn't have meat, Catholic, you know, church, that kind of thing. So we followed that rule. The whole year so, round? Yeah. Wednesdays wow. and Fridays, we didn't have meat growing up. Okay. Yes, that was the rule. But also, like, I always talk about my grandmother because I felt like the rosary beads were attached to her fingers because she always (laughs) had her rosaries. And, you know, she had, um, I don't know if I sent you the biscotti recipe. My grandma would be dunking the biscotti in her wine. And she had oh, wow. wine three, ti- three times a day. She had wine, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> we used to have gallons delivered. We had a wine cellar. But, you know, in those days, it was, I guess it was where the coal bin was. I had an older house, and that's where we stored the wine. It was called the wine cellar. I never knew anything other than the wine cellar. So, I mean, it was a great, great childhood. I had a great childhood, all my aunts and uncles. You never did anything with one family. It was like five families. Right. Now, was, was this an Italian kind of neighborhood or? Yes, we had we had Biage and Rosetta across the street. But then right next door, my favorite, and she's still my friend today, was my the Irish family. And, you know, it was a mixture. It, it was, was a mixture. A mixture. Okay. Yeah, it was a mixture. But like, I'm sure I, I'm not sure what you've had, Anthony. I'm probably older than you. But my mom and everybody did everything together. You right. know, it was just I had like. Three sets of fathers and three sets of uh, right, right. Aunts, everyone, everyone know, was watching mothers. out for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like exactly, and they were a little tougher than my own mother. But anyway, it, it was a great childhood. It was a great childhood. And I was very happy. My parents went nowhere. They waited a very long time to have children. Oh, okay. And not on purpose in those days. There was no fertility treatments. Right. So when they had my brother, who was the gift from God, and then me, <laughs> you know, six years later, my parents were 39 and 45. That was un- unheard of in those days. Yeah, sure. So wow. they never left us, ever. They hmm. never went to dinner without us. They never did anything without us. So, I, you know, I was very fortunate. That's great. All right. So let, let's, let's get into this a little bit. Now I want to talk a little bit more about your father. You mentioned in what you submitted to us, you submitted the bacala recipe. Right. And you mentioned that, like you said already, your dad, you know, he cooked certain meals. He cooked the fish more than your mom did. It sounds like from what you submitted. Right. So tell us a little bit about, you know, tell us about your father and about the recipe yeah. and what you remember. Okay. Of it. Well, I'm just going to get this quick. He passed away when I was a kid. Okay. So what happened is, I had this thing in my head, like trying, I mean, I've been doing the family history. I went to Italy trying to, you know, because as my children got older, I took care of my mother. But as my children got older, my mom was gone. I got into where do we come from and all that kind of stuff, So, right. which, of course, brought me back to 
the dishes my dad cooked. Even though he died when I was 12, I have a very vivid memory of him and the fish, the bacala sitting in the thing, all these crazy things. And me and my mother would be going, okay, we want the pasta with the butter and the, and the parmesan, you know, the Romano cheese. Yeah, her and I didn't eat it. But I have such a, such a strong memory of that. And so I started to call my brother because he's seven years older than me. And I called him and I said, Jim, I'm trying to, I, you know, food is memory. Right. It's food is love. Food is memory. I associate all that stuff. That's what happened. I called my brother, and between the two of us, he remembered part of it, and I remembered part of it, and then I just kind of winged a little bit of my own. So this is because but, you wanted to make it one time on Christmas Eve, the bacala, right? Right. That's how it started. I wanted to make it for Christmas Eve. And I actually made it again for my son-in-law. They came down for Thanksgiving. I made it some for him to take home because he likes it. And then I actually brought it to this. <laughs> I, I work with an older gentleman, and he's my coworker, Michael, and he's really tells me the truth about everything. He's really tough. I, <laughs> I've been feeding him for a year. And um, I brought him in some bacala, and I got to tell you, it was like the gift from God. He said to me, Marion, your bacala was really good. So I know. Um, All right. So he, he it was tested by him. Okay. Good. Right. But it was like, you know what? Him and I have, him and I talk about our childhood and our Italian memory. He's Italian. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know great. what it is. I don't know what it is about Italians, but we just connect on a yeah. different level. It's absolutely true. And we've had the same experience with the podcast. Everybody that we seem to interview, you kind of feel like you've known them for, for years, you know? You right, can, right. You just go like, you, you want to talk about, and we always talk about the food growing up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have the sauce and the gravy debate. And then we have, you know... Yeah. Does that come up in the podcast? Oh, it comes up in the podcast all the time because my co-host Dolores calls it sauce and my family called it gravy. So it comes up for us all the time. But so I've heard a lot about the bacala, you know, growing up and like, you know, my aunts and uncles used to talk about it. I never actually made it. And I, and we won't go through the whole recipe, but I know one of the important parts is that you have to get it early and kind of soak it. Right. 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 Yes. Well, I have an uh, interesting uh, thing. The first uh, time I made it, I did like, I think, two nights, changing the water yep. frequently. Okay. Well, the, the last time I just made it, because I hosted Thanksgiving and I had, I had grandkids, I had everybody at my house. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make this bacala for Jeff. And <laughs> I kept changing the water. I let it soak for like four days, five days. But you know what? They loved it. They loved it, even though I was like, oh, my God, this is falling apart. But they oh, still loved it. Oh, so the it. longer it was a little bit better? or Yeah, because it was more tender. Oh. It was more tender. There wasn't any salt taste. And I think that's probably why my uncle dad put the potatoes in, because, you right. know, potatoes get salt flavor. And the other thing is they talked about the sauce, because it's actually tomatoes, peppers, on, yeah. you know. And so the sauce from the bacala was, they said, was great. I don't eat it. Hmm. So do I'm you, being honest because <laughs> I don't eat. But my husband's a very, my husband loves. He grew up in Italian. His Italian grandma also, and he's a pretty strict critic. Him and okay. Mister T- and my friend uh, would tell you, nah, I don't like it. You know, but, right. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to eat it. But so when you don't soak it for five days, no, I won't. Nights I, is good. But yeah. and don't forget to change the water. That's what I was going to ask you. Water. Do you change it once a day or every day? No, or? I change it once a day. Like I, I, what happens is when I first got the fish, 
I put it in a, you know, a, a container, but I let it sit on the counter for a few minutes of the cold water, and you could see it almost get cloudy from that initial. And then dump that and then put fresh cold water and then wait the next – I did it at – the next night, you know what I mean? Right. And so I'm just keeping this morning. in a bowl on my counter in cold water, right? So there you go. I did it in the fridge in a sealed container. Oh, you did? Okay. That's what I, that's what I did because, okay. yeah, you know, my mom kept it in the bowl in the but kitchen. But bacala isn't, like, when you buy it, they just have it out. It's not in a refrigerator, right? Because it's, like, stiff and salted? Actually, or? I think it was in the, in the, I think it was, it's, Two ways you can get it. I've seen it out, and then I've seen okay. it packaged. That's what I thought. I've seen it dried and out, but I guess it depends right. what you get. Okay. All right. Good. Um, so let me ask you this: you, you talked about food being memory and, and love, and we've talked about that on the podcast. It definitely brings people together. It seems like, I mean, obviously you don't even eat bakala, but it seems like this recipe was important to you, and this was, I guess, because of it. Kind of was part of your connection with your father. Is that? Is oh that, yeah, a hundred percent. I anything to bring, you know, to have those memories again. You know, I have my own children and grandchildren and, and I'm I'm making those memories with them. They're like, right. listen, I hate to say it uh, over the other grandmas. I'm always like, I'm going to win them with the food. What do you want? <laughs> uh, and Tommy says to me, Grandma, could you make your homemade mac? Can you make your cheese? Whatever you want. Grandma's yeah. going to make you whatever <laughs> you want. And, and what's really great is women don't cook like they used to. No. So I'm like gold. So you're the you know? superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single year, my granddaughter, since she's three, she's 11 now, her and I have a bake the cookie day. So just, and you think they don't pay attention to you? Like they don't really, well, one day I was at my grandkids' house and they had friends over. Yeah. And my grandson and my granddaughter said, this is my grandma. She is unbelievable cook. She makes the <laughs> best. And I thought to myself, you know what? That was better than saying I love you. you know? Right, right. <laughs> That's an Italian grandma's dream. Yeah. Yes, it's my dream. Like, don't even mess with me. I'm going to win them with the food. You can't right. beat me. <laughs> right. Well, all right. So, Marianne, before before I let you go, um, you talked about making memories with your with your kids and your grandkids, it's important to you. Um, uh, talk a little bit about your uh, your son. You said helped you to catalog all your recipes. Yes. What happened is, I actually have. I mean, you're, I'm, I don't want to. I'm not ashamed to say I'm 60 years old. So when I started my recipes years ago, I would handwrite. I'd have my mother tell me. I got married at 19. Okay. You know, and I had Thanksgiving dinner. I got married November 14th. I had Thanksgiving dinner two weeks later for like 30 people. Jeez. I was never scared or I was, what do you call it? Um, I'm a fearless cook. Yeah. You know, fearless. I would create things and everything. So anyway, I started typing on a typewriter my recipes because I would talk to the little old ladies in the supermarket, you know, <laughs> when they would feel like, how do you make it? I was just, I'm just fascinated by cooking. So what happened is I had them all typed and handwritten and everything. And my son, who does computers, said to me, I said, you know, Tommy, I would like to make a, a cookbook somehow for the family. And he said to me, Mom, nobody nobody goes to a cookbook. They go to the Internet. My generation, he's in his 30s. He goes, they go to the Internet. So he created my somebody's mom um, website, like a blog or whatever. And I got about 220 recipes out there, my eggplant bowls, my spinach bowls, all this wow. stuff I've I've made over the years and everyone has a story. Like it's not so much the food as the person. 
You know, like right. Aunt Elia's butter cookies. When I wrote about cheesecake, I wrote about Uncle Mario and how he'd look forward to my cheesecake or my Uncle uh, Johnny or my Uncle Dom. The best one I wrote about is my Italian combo salad I dedicated to my uncle who taught me everything about. He used to work in an Italian restaurant. And he talked to me about how to go and enjoy a meal for five hours, you know? Yeah. All those All those things are what make you, and you pass it on to your children, because it's a dying art. Yeah, It's a dying, I think it's a dying art, and also the Sunday dinners, they're getting more and more difficult to yeah, have. They are, they are, they are, and we're, we've been, uh, we've been trying to do I know, this. I, I don't know where you live, Anthony, or if you're close to your parents. I am, I'm 10 minutes parents? away from my parents, and we just started doing Sunday dinners again. My dad, my dad kind of emailed us and said, I'm just going to cook every Sunday. Whoever wants to come, come. <laughs> but I'm looking at the website. It's great. Somebody's-mom.com. We'll link to this from yes. the podcast. You got tons of what looks like great recipes here. So thank you for doing this. This is great. Yes, yes. I enjoy it. I don't make any money from it. It's not a money-making thing. It's really a passion and something I've been doing. You know, sometimes people hear about it and, you know, I, I get little snippets here and there and I enter cooking contests all the time my sweet potato pie won something in the city i i just it's a passion it's a love i yeah. don't do it i don't do it to for like competition people say you should go on the shows i go you ever see these people on the shows right, right. they look like they're so upset and they're crying and that's food <laughs> for me you ever see that they're competing it's insane i'm like that takes away it's like a painter i paint for the love of it right, you I do it for the love of it yeah me too it, it, I, I find it to be like it's like reduces your stress and it's stress-free time you're in the kitchen you're cooking you know i'm thinking uh, all week about what am i going to make yeah. all week and i've been getting geared up now i got to do the pizzelles for christmas well listen let, let me let me let me tell you yeah you said you were 60 from my emails back and forth to you it sounds like you got the energy of someone in their 20s or 30s you're telling <laughs> me all, all, the, all the stuff you're doing i'm cooking my family's coming i'm doing this i'm doing that but i am going to attempt to make this baccalaude i'm certainly going to let you know how it comes out oh and, please uh, let me know and, and when is this podcast being broadcast this podcast episode is going to be broadcast uh, f- a few weeks before christmas so we'll share it with you of course and uh, I want to send it to my kids. They oh, get yeah. a big kick out they'll, of me. They'll, they'll love this. So, all right. Well, Marianne, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And thank you for submitting the recipe. For our last recipe winner, we are going to talk to Jennifer about her very special cookie recipe. But first, I'd like to recognize our final sponsor for today's episode, the Holidays app for iOS, which was developed by my two brothers who you heard from on the last episode. Do you ever struggle to remember where you celebrated a holiday last year? Do you continually argue with family members over Sunday dinner about whose turn it is to host this holiday or that holiday? Well, good news. The Holidays app for iOS is now available for download. When you log in for the first time, you'll be prompted to select the holidays that you celebrate, and the app will simply notify you on that particular day to start your holiday and record that special moment. What's cool about this is when I woke up on Thanksgiving morning, the app wished me a happy Thanksgiving and prompted me to start recording the day. I was able to log where I was and who was with me. I added all the photos from the day and then had the option to share it right to Facebook. It's going to make my life a lot easier next November when we start planning all over again. 
Forget about the wasted time looking for photos or old Facebook posts from a year ago. Use this personalized holiday journal, which will always be right at your fingertips. You can celebrate any other custom moment, whether a family wedding, birthday party, or special annual family reunion as well. Always know where you are and who you are with using the holidays app on iOS for iPhone. And I laugh because we're always arguing about this in my family. Again, that's holidays, H-O-L-I-D-A-Z-E. And the website is www.holidaysappios.com. You celebrate holidays, we'll remember. All right, now I want to welcome Jennifer Nevins onto the Italian American Podcast. Jennifer submitted our, this is our third recipe. This is the dessert recipe that we went with, which was Casa Dele cookies. So Jennifer, welcome to the Italian American Podcast. Thank you. I, I so appreciate being here. And this recipe has been uh, really important to us. And funny, we all call it Gazadil, which, uh. Uh, you know, we've all, we've all argued over the spelling and the phonetic pronunciation of this recipe for a long, long time, as you can imagine. Yeah, I found a couple of different spellings actually online when I was looking around a little bit after I, I got your submission. Um, but Jennifer, start off, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself as far as growing up as an Italian-American. So my background is 100% Italian. My mother's side is from the Naples area, and uh, that's the Colombo side. And my father's side is the Perini side, and that side is from Sicily. So I just remember uh, wonderful family gatherings, lots of family, lot, you know, my grandparents were very involved in our, our lives. Um, their names were Raffaella and Umberto Colombo on my mother's side. But I just remember large family gatherings and lots of food, just an abundance. I always say abundanza, an abundance of <laughs> family and tradition and culture and just always incredible food. Um, so just, just wonderful memories. And you grew up in the New York, New Jersey area. Is that right? I did. Um, grew up, uh, I was born in Bayside, Queens, and we moved to the South Jersey area very at a young age. And my father worked at the Philadelphia Mint. So we were more in that area. He used to be up at the, um, Navy Yard in Brooklyn. So we have that New York, New Jersey background. That's great. And these, and you remember, I guess, as a kid, these cookies, around the holidays. Is that right? I am. Oh gosh, we, we've had these cookies for years. So this, <laughs> these cookies came originally with my, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother from Naples. We have had these cookies my whole life. And now that, you know, we've all grown up and have families, the kids all look for it. And this is a, a specific recipe secondary to Drusilla and all the other um, traditions at any family gathering, we always ask my mother to make these and my aunts make them. And it's funny because it's not just the taste of the cookie. It's the feeling that you get when you see them and that connection to family. So even for communions and confirmations, my mother would make these cookies special for whoever was being recognized at the time. And it always was connected to that sense of family and that sense of tradition. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, and, and we just had another one of our winners I interviewed about her dish and she, she said nicely, similar to what you're saying, she said, you know, food kind of represents feelings and, and love for her when she sees the different dishes. Right. She she had submitted the bacala dish and her father 
he used to cook it all the time and he passed away when she was 12. So that was kind of a reminder um, of him. So, and it sounds like, you know, you're, you're sharing similar thoughts and that these cookies were around on, you know, really important times, whether, like you said, it was an individual achievement or like these holidays when everyone gets together and it's great. It is great. And that's one of the things that's great about being Italian and the food is that it's more than just eating a lot of food. It's about what the food symbolizes. It's about bringing people together and it's about tradition. And so we're really glad right. that you shared some of yours with us. Absolutely. No, I, I feel exactly the same way to me. I just feel so lucky and so blessed to have this background because we grew up always feeling so secure in who we were and in the, the traditions and in the warmth of that table and sitting around and being with people. It was always sharing something, but food was such an important part of that. Even when I look back at photos of my grandparents and my parents and, you know, there, there was always a bottle of wine or, or a, a beautiful spread on the table and it could have been just a simple thing, but that connection was always there and you could just see the love that was shared in that moment. So it's the recipe, but it's really more than the recipe. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jennifer, uh, I'm going to attempt to make the cookies, I think, with my mom because she's a baker. And uh, <laughs> I'm certainly going to uh, let you know how they come out. And we're going to link to Jennifer's recipe and some of her photos in the show notes for this episode. So you'll be able to see them. I'm sure many of you will recognize them. Um, and that had you've had similar types of experience, similar cookies, um, and they bring back those memories. So Jennifer, just thank you so much for being a part of this, for submitting it. And um, we're just, it's great to have you. Thank you so much. I, I so appreciate it. And I so appreciate being able to honor my family and our traditions and, and to share it with people who may look at this cookie and kind of recognize it from their own background. All right. So I interviewed the three Italian-American recipe winners. And um, now because they're in different parts of the country and I obviously couldn't have them send their food or come and be here with me. I cooked the, the three meals with my family. Well, my mom baked the cookies. I did the bacala already, and I'm going to be doing the anchovy linguine with anchovy cream sauce. Now, we're at my parents' house now. The whole family's here. We get together once a year. We make gingerbread houses together and have a nice meal, and um, I'm contributing these dishes as part of the meal um, here. So you'll hear a lot of background noise because what happens when I will take some. we get the uh, big Italian families together. I'm making the uh, anchovy cream sauce right now. I'm mashing the anchovies um, kind of like you would mash. You know, like the same thing I do when I make guacamole. You mash the avocados in a bowl. Um, but what was great about these three winners, and you heard in their interviews, is that they were really not just interested in the food aspect of it, but the tradition around it. Thank you, Mike. Prosecco. Mike hands me a nice cup of Prosecco as I'm mashing anchovies here. <clears throat> um, but again, these are nice gatherings. You get everybody together, make the gingerbread house. I drink a little Prosecco, you know. What's going on here? Oh, we got the... We got, the, we got the red crushed pepper. We got Alexa. We got holiday music. We got everything. All right, what are we doing here? Oh, this is gingerbread. This is gingerbread house chaos. We haven't even started. There's gingerbread houses all over the table. Pieces. Oh, wow, my candy. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's How many gingerbread houses are we making here? 
I'm not the garbage man. How many houses are we making here? Three. Three houses we making. That's all right. Luke, are you all right? All right, so I'm cooking the linguine with anchovy cream sauce. I got the garlic chopped up. I got the, I used a mortar and pestle to get the anchovies really mashed up in a bowl. I'm opening up the Botticelli Foods tomato sauce canned. I'm um, getting ready for that. I already just had a, my mom made uh, Jennifer's Gazzadile cookies. I just had a little taste of one. Don't tell anyone. It's excellent. And um, I made the bacala this morning. I soaked it all week. It was Mary Ann's recipe. First time I ever made it. it tastes excellent. I made it. Um, I, I soaked it all week and then fried it with flour this morning and then put the... Uh, cut it up with uh, garlic, onion, green pepper, and then sauteed it with the tomato sauce. And we're going to put that in the oven too shortly. Um, you're hearing uh, people yelling in the background, arguing about Secret Santa and how we're going to do the gifts. It happens every year. Okay, I got the anchovies in the pot with the garlic. going to brown it a bit, and then we'll put the sauce in after. Oh, baby, that smells good. Got a little Prosecco here. I'm a little out of my element because I'm in my parents' house, so I'm not in my own kitchen, but that's all right. We make it work. How's the bacala, man? Oh, the bacala's home run. It's a home run. Yeah, so what did you do with it? What did you do with it, actually? Did you, did so I soaked it all week. I changed the water a couple times a day. Yeah. Because it comes salted, right? Very, it was dry and salted hard. And then this morning, I took it out, I patted it dry, cut it up into two or three inch strips, flour, fry it, fry it, take it off in the oil that I fried in. I thought, it's really good. Really good. And then I put, I take the fish out of the frying pan. I put garlic, onion, and green pepper, sauteed in there a little bit. Then I put tomato sauce in with a little white onion. I mean, a little white wine. Selling it. He's selling it. Where is, is it a recipe? Or is it a recipe from this, this wonderful woman, Marianne Raftery, that was a podcast listener that submitted the recipe. I'll tell you what. It's a home run. It's a home run, right? going in for it now. It's like it's like it's like comforty. Yeah, it's it's so Marianne, it's the die for. It tends to be like a lot of salted codfish. Mm. Oh yeah, dude. You had a little bread or something. Very nice. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just a potato. I do have bread. So what do we think about the anchovy and? Uh, Linguini. That was good. I think it's really you good. You can't really, t- it wasn't strong. Like, yeah, it's not that strong. You can't really taste it. You like it? Like well, I'm surprised. I like it because I'm not an anchovy person at all, but it just has like a nice little fishy taste that reminds me of Christmas Eve dinner. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, very good. I enjoyed it. Christine, good job. Daddy, call me. Where All right, it's dessert time. We got um, Jennifer's, she calls them Gazadil. Uh, we call them S cookies. Yes, <laughs> not exactly. Oh, they were they maybe yeses. How are they, though? My grandmother used They taste just like my grandmother's. Really? Uh, I need a Dunkin' and a little coffee. Uh, right there. Uh, or espresso. Oh. I think Mia wants some over there. Mia, you want a little... Very good, Jennifer. Good job. These things are really good. Good dessert. 
We had a little bacala, we had a little linguine, and now we got a little cookies to wash it down. A little espresso. I hope you enjoyed this special holiday episode. And I think that you've probably noticed by now it's it's a lot deeper than the food part of it. It's about the traditions and the family and what this food did and how it acted as that magnet to bring everybody together. It was so amazing to get to speak to each of these women about their families. I don't want to say their recipes. I want to say their families because that's essentially what we spoke about. I also want to mention that if you heard the music kind of interludes throughout the episode and you're wondering who that was, her name is Vanessa Rachi. Uh, we got to meet her at the Neaf Gala. Um, she just had, those are clips from her debut album, Italiana Fresca, which reinvents Italian classics with modern jazz arrangements. Her goal was to keep the music that she sang with her grandfather alive for younger generations of Italian Americans. You can get her CD on CD Baby, iTunes, Amazon, or you can check her out at Vanessa Racci. That's R A C C I dot com. Uh, she's wonderful. She's going to be a guest on an upcoming episode. And this isn't any kind of sponsorship. This is just Dolores and I wanting to get her out there because her music is phenomenal. Um, after we met her at the gala, I bought her uh, CD on iTunes literally on the ride home and, and we listened to it the whole way home and we've been listening to it ever since. So I want to thank her. And again, thanks to all of you that submitted recipes. Your recipes are way more important than the food that goes into them. It's the traditions that they carry on and it's the people that the recipes bring together over and over and over. So I hope that you enjoy your family over these holidays. I hope that the smells in that kitchen bring back memories of people maybe that aren't here with us anymore, but they live on through the food, the recipes, and the other traditions. Remember, you can connect with us on Instagram at Italian American. We're on Twitter at Ital American. And of course, you can come to Facebook and search for the Italian American podcast and you will find us. Again, happy holidays. We will be with you throughout the holidays through the podcast. We've got a couple of other dynamite episodes coming up. Stay with us and continue to keep carrying on your Italian American traditions. A presto. Presto.